Hello, spoopy listeners, and welcome to another episode. I am your resident spooky drag queen, Pizzy Miles. And I'm your resident spooky smartass, Sam Baxter. And, and this, this is, is my, my spooky, spooky gay, gay family. family. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, listeners, and welcome to the 13 weeks of Halloween. Sam. Hello, Pissy. How's it going? It's going okay. Spent all day doing research. How are you? I'm good. I did not spend all day doing research. <laughs> I have been just working away and doing all my my usual nonsense. Although today, I will say I I had a really wonderful experience this week that I think set the tone, not only for this episode, but for every episode that is to come for the next about two months. Okay. Three, actually, technically, I guess. Yeah. I went into that. Joanne Fabrics mm-hmm. uh, because I needed fabric for a dress I'm working on. And they did not have enough of it. So I ended up buying some that is probably going to end up being useless. <laughs> <laughs> but I did get it. And uh, while I was there, I happened to notice that Joanne was rolling out... The Halloween decor. <laughs> and so I bought this wonderful knit pumpkin. It is very nice. It's lovely. It's like a grayish. It's like gray and white. And uh, it's a very cute little pumpkin. And so tonight when we were getting ready to record, I was like, you know what? Normally when we're recording in my apartment, we have like all the lights on and and everything is... It's very, very bright and not very spooky. But today I decided I was like... I'm going to light some candles. I'm going to uh, turn off the lights in the kitchen and the the dining room so that uh, just the lights in the living room and the candles are on. It's like a little bit dimmer. It's a little spookier because we are officially in the spookiest season of the year. We are in the 13 weeks of Halloween. This is week one of the 13 weeks of Halloween. I am so excited I could spit. (laughs) Are you excited for the 13 weeks of Halloween? I am super excited for it. I've been waiting all year. I I feel like I've been waiting for two years, even though we did this last year. (laughs) It was, and the funny thing is, last year was the first one. Like, last year was the first 13 weeks of Halloween, but it feels like it has become, like, just a standard. It's like a staple in our production here. So, I'm very excited to be doing the 13 weeks of Halloween. It is... It is starting to feel spooky to me, especially because, for some reason, like, the last couple nights, it's been, like, kind of chilly at night. And I'm like, oh, that's fun. And tonight it was like pretty dark out by eight o'clock. And I was like, oh, 
the sun is starting to set a little on the earlier side again. Not early. It's still <laughs> after eight. But uh, by like eight o'clock, it was like 75% dark out. Yeah. And I was like, this is very exciting because soon <laughs> it's going to be dark at like three o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> And it's going to be cold and nippy and I'm going to have to wear a sweater and I'm going to bust out a fashionable cape. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I've been thinking this a lot. I was like, I want to make myself a cape. Okay. Like to wear every day. Not like a drag thing. (laughs) Like out of drag, going going to to shop right. Make yourself an opera cape for just day-to-day wear. Not an opera cape. More of like like a capelet Oh, okay. you know those ones like women wear that are very fashionable, like fall okay. capes. I'm I'm going to venture into the non-binary, and I'm going to make myself a cape. I think, okay. and I'm going to make it a little bit spooky, and I'm going to be the spookiest person in my town. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably going Always to get a lot goal. of funny looks. You know, I'm I've been doing drag so long that getting funny looks for the things I'm wearing is not that unusual to me. So it's like, I might as well wear the things I want to wear. Yeah, no, that's a good way to look at it. You know, and I look at someone like Adam. Adam has never had any fear about wearing things that were like dark or unusual. And it's like, I'm going to take a page out of the Adam Bashian book and I'm going to start being a little bit spooky in my everyday life in the fall. Okay. After the after Halloween, I, I it's immediately Christmas, so I I <laughs> will probably no longer participate. But I'm I'm very excited to wear it in the fall, which it is now. It is now the fall. I'm so sorry. You're to say. the spookiest person in town, and then on November first, you become Linda Belcher. Basically, <laughs> you know, in a weird way, I think I am Linda Belcher because <laughs> Linda Belcher has like this amazing propensity to just like be a hundred percent in whatever holiday it is and that's basically me it's like oh it's halloween i am a hundred percent in it is horrifying there's blood everywhere we're doing dinner theater halloween story like we're a hundred percent in and then the next day the tree comes out it is christmas and we are going to have thanksgiving and it's going to be wonderful and delicious and i'm going to put a tree up and i'm going to sing christmas carols from now until january 1st like well let's say january 15th let's be honest um <laughs> like whatever the holiday is towards the end of the year i am a hundred percent in and it doesn't matter what it is okay no that that sounds like you Right? Like, I think I am Linda Belcher. (laughs) And if I can brag for just a moment, John Roberts, the voice of Linda Belcher, follows me on Instagram. (laughs) So I'm going to go ahead and say, I love John Roberts. If you, I have known John Roberts for such a long, not known him personally, but known of him uh, for such a long time. I knew of John Roberts when he was just like, he was like one of the first viral sensations on YouTube. Okay. He was, he, did you, did you knew his videos, right? No. You didn't? No. You, but you've seen, don't. you've seen like the Christmas tree, right? No. Sam Baxter, what? <laughs> Are you kidding? No, I've never seen this it. This is like one of the most famous YouTube videos ever. I missed it. 
Well, we know what the what the quote is at the end of the the show now. Oh, no. <laughs> we were just discussing before we started. I was like the the one that Sam had suggested for today. I was like, oh, I, you know, this sucks. Unfortunately, we've used this quote before, even though it was a perfect fit for the topic of the episode. Um, I and I was like, I don't know what we're gonna do for the quote, and she was like, I don't know, we'll figure it out. And now I'm sitting here, I'm like, oh, this is exactly what it is. I have figured it out. There is no need to question. <laughs> Also, I'm feeling very, like, autumnal because um, I lit these candles and one of them is called, like, Leaves. And it's mm-hmm. a fa- it's one of the Bath and Body Works fall candles. And I'm like, it's making me feel very, like, ooh, like, sp- I feel very spooky tonight. The, uh, the new fall scents are coming out from Bath and Body Works as we speak. Really? Yeah. <gasps> oh, my goodness. Kids, we have to stop recording. <laughs> <laughs> Jen Wittick's like, yeah, I've already bought six three-wick candles. What are you doing? <laughs> Get it together, Pissy Miles. Um, yeah, I did not mean to brag about John Roberts. That was kind of a tasteless thing to do. But I do love John Roberts very, very much. And his work on Bob's Burgers is now iconic. It is like, it is it is one of the best shows in the fucking world. And he is one of the best parts of the show. So I'm going to give all the props to John Roberts. Although, if I can brag for another second, mm-hmm. do you know who recently went through and liked a bunch of my posts on Instagram? Who? You're not, you're not going to believe it. Okay. Molly Shannon. Really? Yes. I, and That's I, awesome. It's only because she, I again, follow and love Molly Shannon. Um, on Instagram. And so she had put up a post that was like, uh, so excited. She's putting out like a memoir. Mm -hmm. And as you know, I like to read. Mm -hmm. Well, sort of. (laughs) (laughs) I like to read, but I never have time. So, uh, I often listen to audiobooks. And of course, when it's like the memoir of someone I love as much as Molly Shannon, I was like, I was like, oh my God, I hope there's going to be an audiobook. So I, co- I liked the post and I commented, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is so exciting. I was like, um, I was like, uh, any chance there will be an audiobook coming out? And she liked the comment. And then I guess because I'm verified on Instagram was yeah. like, oh, who is this? And I know she likes drag queens because she actually in the past has liked a video of me doing my superstar number. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not one I posted. It was a video someone else posted of me doing it. Um, and went through and must have like gone through my posts and liked like a bunch of posts. And I was like, oh my God, if you had told like 13 year old me <laughs> that in 10 years, <laughs> <laughs> Molly Shannon would be liking my posts on Instagram. Uh, and it is not 10 years. In fact, as of this year, it is officially n- not 10 years. <laughs> It is officially double that. Um, If you had told 13-year-old me that Molly Shannon would be, like, liking my posts on Instagram, I would have laughed in your face. I would have thought it was ridiculous. But it was such a, like, I I, I just want to say I love John Roberts. I love Molly Shannon. And I'm sending all of my love out to them. And if you ever want to be on the podcast, you're invited. So, um... (laughs) I, that would be so much Consider fun. Consider this your official invitation. This is my official invitation to uh, Molly Shannon and John Roberts to come and be on the podcast because we would love nothing better. Uh, but anyway, what the hell was I talking about? I honestly don't remember. I have point. no idea where I was going. All I know is You're I'm very excited. You're all in on holidays. I am all in on holidays. And I know that <laughs> at least in this season, you are too. 
Yes, for this season, I am I am 100% on board. In the 13 weeks of Halloween, which we are now in, yes. do you, like, go out of your way to start, like, wearing your hearties and, like, getting into the spooky spirit? Do you watch, like, more horror movies? Yes, I do. I've been trying to watch new horror movies because mm-hmm. I have a tendency to lean on the favorites, lean on the favorites and yeah. not branch out. I do, too. I do the same thing. Um, so I have a lot of things in my list on Shudder that I'm hoping to get to in the next couple weeks. What about books? Do you, uh, do you ever go looking for horror books in, in the fall? I do. I have that one that we discussed, I think, last week. Did you um, start it? Plain Bad Heroines. I haven't started it yet. Oh, I'm, I'm excited to hear that one is because I really, it sounded very interesting to me when you described it. I am like halfway through the book we were talking about last week. It's called Mm -hmm. Wonderland. Uh, by somebody. <laughs> it's <laughs> I just turned into Charlotte Ray. I was like, mm, somebody beat on it, Delilah. <laughs> uh, uh, it's Zoya Stage uh, wrote Wonderland. I'm not sure how I feel at the moment. Okay, I'm not sure. It definitely has its strengths. But it definitely has its weaknesses. I would say if you like Shirley Jackson, and I know you do, you would probably love this book. Okay. And you know me. It's called Wonderland? Wonderland. Uh, I think you would actually really enjoy it. I don't think you would enjoy the audiobook. (laughs) So I would read it (laughs) if you can. But I actually think you will really like this book. At At least to a certain extent. It has... I think the the writer is very talented. She is very uh she's she's a very good writer. What the hell was that? I don't know. Was that upstairs? I think it was. Jesus. <laughs> Sounded like the building was falling down. Um she is. She's a very talented writer. Uh sometimes I feel though that you know how you talked about um with the haunting of Hill House? Mm-hmm. That it was more of an ambient fear, yeah, than like a a boo scary yeah. s- s- horror story. That's kind of how this one is. Okay, although there are more overt um, moments than I think there are in the Haunting of Hill House. I think this one definitely has similar qualities to sh- to Shirley Jackson's writing, and I think you'll appreciate it. I think I probably would as well. I think you should give it a shot. I think you will like it. My to be read pile at the moment is just atrocious. It's like really. <laughs> I have I have three bookshelves in my office. I have two bookshelves that are like built-ins, built-ins, and those yeah. are my favorite books. Oh my god, the the built-ins and in your office are so gorgeous. I know I, I would love them. kill for built-in bookshelves. <laughs> I swear to God, it was one of the reasons we bought the house. Really? But <laughs> I I could see myself doing something like that. <laughs> but um. Yeah, no, I have two built-ins, and then I have a third bookshelf that is just books that I have not read. Really? Yes, and it is full to burst. <laughs> <laughs> Where do they go once you've read them? Um, they either go onto one of the built-ins, or they go into a box to be donated. Really? Yeah. You, If it's not like your favorite book, you don't keep it? Yeah, no, if it's not something I feel like I'll read again, I don't keep it. Hmm. That's so interesting. I... I I keep like every book I've ever had. I never get rid of anything. 
You know what it is, is like when I was in my 20s and still trying to like be a voracious reader, I was mm. going to a lot of like used bookshops and things like that because the books were so much cheaper. Right. And I would rather now that I can afford to pay for books full price. Be that sort for of, someone else? Yeah. Like, like give give your <clears throat> love of books to some other young 20 year old who doesn't have the money for books. Yeah, because um the... The county where we live, the library does a yearly book sale and it's mm. huge. It's a huge book sale. But so every year we take all of the books that we read that year that we're not going to keep and we bring them over to the library and they sell them again for like a dollar, two dollars. And it helps out the library. It helps out the person buying the book and it helps out me because I don't have to store it. Hmm. I was just about so, to be like, do you get a cut? No. <laughs> do you get like 15 cents for every book? No, I just I just get the the fun knowledge that someone else is going to get to read this book. I mean, that's good. I, I, I definitely commend you. I don't read enough physical books to do something like that. I, like I said, most of the books I read are audiobooks, so I can't really, you know, mm -hmm. I can't donate them, I suppose. But I could, I guess I could give people my audible password <laughs> uh yeah if you're listening and you have not read wonderland if you are a fan of shirley jackson's the haunting of hill house you probably will like it i know that this this writer uh whose name i've already forgotten again um zoya stage was like really came out hot she um she wrote a book called baby teeth and that was I've like heard of that one. it was a really well liked and talked about horror novel mm -hmm. and i know that it was very popular um and so this was her like sophomore book but this one was not as well received publicly okay and I didn't realize that because I had I did a search on on Google. I was just like, I want a hard novel, to, like an audiobook to listen to. So, and this book was on every list. Everyone was like Wonderland by by uh, Soya Stage, mm -hmm. and I was like, okay, well, everyone seems to be recommending it. I'll give it a shot. I think that there are there are definitely pluses. I don't know if this is a book I would read twice personally. Okay. But um I I I I'm tempted to say it's more of a style issue than a um a quality issue. Okay. That I it's probably just not your Yeah, it's not my cup of tea. But I don't think that that makes it a bad book. I'm not I'm not here to put it down. I'm just saying it's not really my my it's not my taste, I suppose. Okay. But I do think that it would probably fit yours. Good to know. We should do a swap. We should do a book swap one day. Do you know everyone loved the idea of doing <laughs> of doing uh, my spooky gay family book club? They yeah, were posting I saw that. it. They were posting about it in the fan club and they were like, "Oh my god, this is such a great idea." They were like trying to plan it out. That's and I awesome. was like, "Honestly, I would love to participate, but I know that I will not be able to listen to any book in a timely manner. So it's like, <laughs> I I definitely would not be able to participate, but I love the idea of inspiring people to participate in, in a book club. I would love to maybe choose the books or, or help to choose the books. I should say, cause mm -hmm. I don't want to, I don't want to co-opt anything, but um, I would love to 
partake in, in helping people find good books. And honestly, I'd love to find listen to the books that they were recommending because Saraline was recommending <laughs> some very nifty sounding ones as well. I I I love that we have this community now where it's like every Friday, uh, Emily and Taylor do the like horror report where they're mm-hmm. like, okay, what did everyone watch this week? So everyone else can watch it this weekend. It's like everyone is sharing everything that they're consuming. And it's like, my God, this is wonderful. This is exactly, we created like a little horror community that everyone can just like, uh, can can go find cool stuff in. And if you're listening and you're not in the fan page, that is what you can find there. You can find recommendations for books, movies, TV shows, music. It's it's great. And memes. even like what? Memes there are a lot of fun memes. A lot of fun memes, pictures of pets, yeah. uh, a lot of cool stuff and it's a really cool community so you should absolutely go take part in it. But uh yeah, that is where we are getting into the 13 mm-hmm. weeks of Halloween. This is week 1, which is the best week. <laughs> because it's like you get to start feeling spooky but there's so much to look forward to it's like th- i love the 13 weeks of halloween but the saddest week is always the week of halloween yeah, no, because it's like you know next week we're officially out <laughs> <laughs> so i'm very much looking forward to this week we have a really cool topic for you guys we decided instead of instead of starting with a movie my goodness my brain is just like it's like no i shall not participate today you'll have to do shan't. this one without me <laughs> no shan't um <laughs> We are going to start with a conversation about one of my favorite topics. I I know that this is a, a popular one. This is really cool because it's every every like story that kind of helps to fuel the fire with Halloween. Mm-hmm. We are discussing Halloween urban legends. And this is not the movie. No. <laughs> this is this is urban legends, obviously uh local folklore and and kind of colloquialisms that are pertaining to the Halloween season. So, I am going to let Sam Baxter take it away and we're going to get started with a discussion about Halloween urban legends. Okay, so basically the research I did this week was trying to compile all of the legends that I could possibly find. Mm, okay. So I've just got a little bit of information about each of them. Most of these you should probably know because everybody mm-hmm. heard them growing up. Well, and and why don't we start with just saying like Halloween urban legends have been part of culture for probably I would say about hundreds of years, if not <laughs> longer because there have always been harvest festivals we actually had a really great discussion about harvest festivals in the mini-sode this week if you're not uh, a patreon member you should go check it out we uh we had a really wonderful um discussion about kind of harvest festivals and and not only the fact that they're harvest harvest festivals but they're kind of spiritual and scary origins uh and Obviously, there we have discussed in at length in the podcast before the the kind of origins of Halloween traditions, mm-hmm. as far as like wearing costumes and collecting candy and con- connecting with spirits and things like that. But these are uh, stories that have kind of become either localized stories that have to do with uh, Halloween or lore that has to do with Halloween. 
um, these are stories that really kind of uh, stem probably from some minuscule truth that someone turned into an extravagant story. (laughs) (laughs) And we're going to share a few of them with you today. So take it away, Sam Baxter. Okay, so we're going to start with a perennial flavor. A perennial favorite. <laughs> Jesus. Favorite. I-, I told you there's something in the air. I think like, it's the candle. Oh my god. The it's the scent is so uh tantalizing that you you are so taken by the smell of fall in my in my apartment right now that you cannot <laughs> focus on the words coming out of your mouth. A perennial favorite. Mm-hmm. Razor blades slash needles slash pins in apples candy. Apples and candy, yes. yes. I think everyone has been told, like, oh, check your candy, don't eat anything that was that was not prepackaged, ba 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 ba. Yeah, um, there's absolutely zero evidence that this has ever actually occurred. I know. <laughs> I know, I know, but I'm letting them know. That's yeah, the point. <laughs> I know. I was saying like this is this is kind of one of the most infamously like untrue urban legends, and who knows where the fuck it came from, but it has been so uh prominent and uh what's the word I'm look omnipotent um uh, yeah it, it has just kind of made its way into everybody's Halloween tradition and it has no basis in truth <laughs> well there was one instance that was kind of close in that it was poisoned no the only thing close to this was in 1964 a Long Island woman handed out steel wool dog biscuits and ant poison to children she thought were too old to be trick-or-treating she was sent for observation at a psych hospital and no one was hurt ant poison ant poison like the little ant button things that you put out well thank god no one they were they were labeled poison oh because she didn't like hide them in something she just handed them out. she was like here take this you little shit yeah basically (laughs) you know what i'm gonna say props to her where wherever you are murderous mary i'm on your team uh i would definitely hand out steel wool to people i didn't like i would definitely hand out ant traps and it's like if they know what it is you're like no harm no foul like don't give it to little kids because they'll eat anything but like well she was only giving it to people she thought were too old to be trick-or-treating so yeah you come to my door and you're 40 you're getting fucking crisco (laughs) yeah you know what i mean like you're getting a brillo pad yes (laughs) <laughs> Miss, uh, Mr. McConnell. Oh my God. <laughs> Are you telling me if Mitch McConnell came to your door <laughs> trick or treating, you wouldn't put razor blades in everything, <laughs> including his shoes? I think I would probably just, you know what? I'm not going to say that because then the feds will come for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and redact that ahead of redacted, time. Redacted, redacted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> So um, second to that, very closely related, is poisoned candy. Mm -hmm. Um, This myth originated during the 1960s when suburban sprawl was starting and people didn't know their neighbors very well. The legend really picked up traction after the Chicago Tylenol murders in 1982, which happened just a month before Halloween. What are the Chicago Tylenol murders? Um, In 1982, uh, someone, I don't remember the specifics now, but um, essentially what happened was, you you know how every every bottle has that little seal on it that you have to... Make mm-hmm. sure it's there before you open it. This is why. Because he took, I don't remember if it was cyanide or if it was I think I remember poison. this. It was cyanide. Yeah. And he put them in the, and he put them in Tylenol in the, bottles. Yeah. And put them back in the stores. Yeah. And people were buying them and dying. And dying. Yeah. I do remember this now. <clears throat> I do. 
So the only thing that comes close to being true about this one is the story of Tommy O'Brien. Um, eight-year-old Tommy died after eating a cyanide-laced pixie stick. The problem is that the cyanide was put there by his father to collect life insurance policy, not by a stranger. <laughs> I, You know what's funny? There's a documentary that I had seen a while back. I don't remember which streaming service it was on. Probably Netflix. Mm-hmm. But it was about Halloween urban legends, and this story was featured. Tommy was discussed, and the fact that, like the kind of check your candy kind of came from this because it freaked everyone out. Everyone was like, oh my God, somebody poisoned Tommy. I keep wanting to say Tommy Jarvis. Um, (laughs) Everyone, somebody poisoned Tommy, but it was was literally just his shithead dad. Yeah, well, here's the other scary part though. He did in fact hand out poison candy to other kids trying to cover his tracks. No other kids were harmed, luckily. Thank goodness. But yeah, no, apparently he was handing out pixie sticks left and right to try to make it look like somebody in the neighborhood had done it. Hmm. So Mr. O'Brien was a real sack of shit. Could you imagine poisoning everyone else's kids to yeah, get the in life case. insurance on yours? <laughs> I mean, I can't even imagine poisoning your own kid. Well, d- get- yeah, obviously. <laughs> but I mean, like, to go the extra step of, like, I'm not just going to kill my child. I'm going to commit mass murder <laughs> just to make it look like I didn't fucking do it. And it's like, meanwhile, who the fuck gives out pixie sticks? Like, if you're not giving out Reese's, A, you're a piece of shit. B, it's like, <laughs> I don't remember almost ever getting pixie. That was a pretty rare candy to get. Like, put it in a Snickers. Then it's like, you don't have to poison anyone else. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, everybody was giving out Snickers. Nobody knows where it came from. It's like, you don't, that, that would be like putting it in a chunky bar. Like, who gives out chunky bars? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> okay. Again, closely related, candy laced with drugs. The usual culprits are LSD and ecstasy, though meth has been making an appearance lately. Meth in terms of stories. Yes. Not in terms of actually no, making not an in terms appearance. Of actually <laughs> Unless you're going trick-or-treating in Hell's Kitchen, you're not coming home with meth. <laughs> well, where did you go trick-or-treating, Timmy? The pines. What did you come home with? I don't know. It just says G. <laughs> well, give it a shot. So the instance most often cited to corroborate this is the case of a five-year-old boy who died after ingesting heroin that his family claimed was hidden in his Halloween candy. It turned out to be his uncle's, and the poor kid had gotten into his stash. Isn't it funny the way that happened? They're like, oh, it was the Halloween candy. It definitely wasn't the meth lab in the garage. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure that we can be pretty certain at this point that no kid has gotten drugs from a stranger. First of all... Well... (laughs) (laughs) I'll let you finish your thought. No, I'll let you finish before I look like an asshole. There have been no documented cases of this actually happening apart from once, sort of. In 1959, William Shine, a California dentist, handed out candy-coated laxatives to children on Halloween. That's not drugs. He was arrested, but no severe or life-threatening injury occurred. But that's what I'm saying. Like, you hand out laxative, that's, I mean, not to the person you hand it to, but that's funny. Like, <laughs> and maybe even helpful. Like, Grandpa sneaks into the cake, the, I almost said the, the Christmas Halloween candy. candy, the Halloween candy, and it's like, that night has the best night of his life, like, <laughs> I, he's no longer stopped up because of the beats, like, great, perfect, but, like, no one is rich enough that they're handing out, like, LSD in their Halloween candy, uh, d- could you imagine being like, yes, I can afford as much LSD as I want, so I'm going to hand it out in candy, <laughs> that's not a thing. Well, you have another option because there's also a myth about temporary tattoos being laced with LSD. 
this one again also has absolutely no truth to it but and nothing to do with halloween i suppose well some people do hand out temporary tattoos as an alternative to candy really yes i guess that's not a bad idea have you ever handed out anything that wasn't candy no because i'm not a monster (laughs) (laughs) i guess that's fair i you know i could imagine myself wanting to hand out like some kind of like easy breezy toy yeah having been a diabetic child that's fair but uh but i do think that that would at least to some degree make me a monster like you want the candy i mean like listen i i was very glib just a moment ago but there are good reasons why kids can't have candy they have food allergies they have things like that. i mean yeah if we want to get into the specifics of it but like the fact of the matter is most everybody wants candy at Halloween. Yeah, pretty That's much. the tea. <clears throat> so this next one is, um, I, <laughs> the article I read it in called it a kidnapping circus. <laughs> circus. <laughs> yes. The myth is that kidnapping. the same one that leaves elephants in Loch Ness? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> the myth is that kidnappings spike a whopping 50% on Halloween night. Again, there is absolutely no evidence to support this. Most kidnappings are perpetrated by family members anyway, but either way, there is no evidence that there are more abductions on Halloween than any other time of year. Mm-hmm. However, fun fact, despite the complete lack of evidence that this is a thing, there are frequently media-based lists of sex offenders handed out in neighborhoods that they live in prior to the big night in some states no matter what crime you committed to get on the registry you have to spend the evening in a courthouse or a police station really really they round them up and put them in courthouse. they're like they're like okay i know you peed at a preschool parking lot exactly so you have to spend halloween at the courthouse yes that's a little much even for me yeah and i know that like if I think if you commit a violent sexual crime or a crime against a minor or a crime against a minor. But then again, it's like you get into the like someone was drunk and stopped to pee at a playground that at, in the middle of the night. And it's like they're on the sex offender list because they had their dick out in a, in a playground. Yeah. And so it's like if you commit a sexually violent crime I suppose that's kind of fair. I mean, it's one of those things that I think if you if you are a real actual facts pedophile, yeah. I, I don't give a shit what I don't they give, make yeah, you do. Yeah, take them away. Yeah, like I don't give a shit if they make you spend every night in a courthouse. But, but <laughs> or like, a jail. <laughs> at least for a, for a minimum of five years. Or at the, at the very <laughs> least a rectory. <laughs> but I'm bummed. She's here all week. Two shows on Sunday. They do two shows on Sunday, too. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, next up we have, and this kind of comes back to an earlier point that you made, edibles. Mm -hmm. In 2018, (laughs) the DEA warned parents of the possibility of people handing out edibles to children. The two drugs focused on were THC and meth. Of course. The only evidence they gave was that they had noted a few instances of it happening the year before. No child has ever died of an overdose or a bad reaction to an edible given to them in their Halloween candy. My point is, why the hell would anyone give their expensive edibles to children? Yeah. These things cost a lot of money and are ostensibly for the enjoyment of the purchaser. There is literally no reason to think that anyone would do this, but the warnings still go out, particularly in states still debating the legalization of marijuana. You know, the only place I would think this is even remotely a concern is Brooklyn. (laughs) 
You think? So, yes, and it's like, if you're trick-or-treating in Brooklyn, you're going to see much worse shit that night than edibles. The edibles might actually help with the shit you see that <laughs> night. So I would say this is really not even an issue. <laughs> like, if you're in Brooklyn trick-or-treating, you'll be lucky if you come back. So, <laughs> so, so go for it. Have an edible. Why not? <laughs> Live life to the fullest. Live life to the fullest. <laughs> And the most psychedelic. Okay, so our next one is Satanists and others sacrificing black cats. Sacrificing? This is not what pagans do. Well, it's, it does say Satanists. It says, oh, excuse the shit out of me. Satanists. <laughs> I mean, maybe I don't think Satanists do it either. But pagans, it's like cats are familiars. The last thing you would do is kill a cat. Right, you would think. But either way, luckily, there is no real evidence that this occurs, but the myth became popular during the 80s and 90s due to the satanic panic. I knew it. As a result, there are still some animal shelters and rescue organizations that won't adopt out black cats around Halloween, fearing for the animal's safety. Other animals like rabbits and dogs have also been targeted, quote unquote, but the prevailing myth seems to be about cats. You know, I'm not entirely against the idea of restricting adoptions of black cats around Halloween, but not because I think people are going to take them and sacrifice them. I'm more worried about the person who it's like, it's like the get the puppy for Christmas who uses them like a Halloween decoration and then brings them back. Yeah. Or like they get them because it's like Halloween time and they're feeling spooky and they think it's something they'll want. And then they take it home and realize that it's actually an animal they have to care for for like, for like 15 years. And it's like, Oh, then they bring it back. And it's like that cat ends up on like a kill list. And And it's like, that is more of a concern to me than like Satanists <clears throat> sacrificing them or some shit. The thing you really have to worry about is basic people. Yeah. <laughs> like the average human is more dangerous than the average Satanist. Well, it's actually, it's kind of funny because when we adopted Wally and Mal, we adopted them in the middle of October. And oh, did you? Wally is a black cat. Yeah. And do you think it helped that you were getting Mal as well? Yes, I do. Even though he's an orange cat. So you would think that like... Yeah. <laughs> you bought a black and orange cat in we October. Orange and black cats right before Halloween. But um, no, the rescue actually came out to our apartment with them instead of having us go to them. And mm-hmm. they like checked the apartment out kind of thing. And for what? I don't know what they were looking for. Did they for. find Dante? They, they did not <laughs> find Dante. We hadn't bought Dante yet. Oh, I see. Dante, for those of you who don't know, because... Uh, this is something we've never discussed before <laughs> is uh Sam's animatronic skeleton, skeleton. Yeah. Who is currently missing an eye. Yes, he is missing an eye. Uh and he was to the be first... fair, he never had eyes. We made him eyes out of post-its, but one of them fell off, so we don't know. Oh, I see. I see. Well, yes, Dante is a beloved fixture, fixture. in the Halloween decorations. Yeah, until we um until the cats got a bit older and decided they didn't like Dante and wanted to kill him. He, uh, he lived so in- really party city should have come to your apartment and checked yes. to see if there were cats rather than the, the, the adoption agency coming to see if there was spooky shit but yeah no when we asked why um why they were coming to our apartment they they gave us this myth they they said you know we we always check it when people want black cats around this time of year we want to make sure that you know everything's above board before we give them to you but you were practicing witches at the time we were but i didn't have any like altar stuff out or anything like that Mm. so i mean i'm not sure if their answer would have been different if i had had you know my my 
my patron statue out. Or yeah, or your like wards or some shit. Yeah, but <clears throat> like, <clears throat> yeah, no, I mean, they were totally fine. And I'm not saying anything against the rescue. I'm just saying yeah. it. And didn't you know the woman from the rescue as well? I did. Um, she actually, you probably knew her as well. She was a secretary at our middle school. Yeah. Betty but, something. Yes. I can't remember her name. Betty something. I keep wanting to say white, and that's clearly not the <laughs> it's, case. It's not Betty White. No. <laughs> no, but yeah, they uh, they were really careful about giving us Wally. Apparently, they didn't give a shit about Mal, but they, they, <laughs> <laughs> but they were really careful about giving I us mean, Wally. I <laughs> mean, to be fair, to to Malcolm, probably not to Wally. Um, I couldn't imagine being cruel to Malcolm. I really couldn't either. He's just, I mean, I unfortunately probably can't imagine being <laughs> because Wally's nothing a he didn't shit. bring on himself to be fair <laughs> because Wally's a little asshole but he is Malcolm is asshole. like the world's sweetest cat like, so like he's literally just a lump of flesh that eats shits and purrs that's like <laughs> and goes just, to sleep on you like, uh, yeah that's... and he's like cuddly and sweet and like doesn't really make a lot of noise or distraction he no. is literally just like as long as you feed him on time, there is no issue with this cat. <laughs> the worst thing that Mal does is he wants to be held like a baby. <laughs> and he is a 20-pound cat. He's so, a large like, animal. So, like, if you bend down to pet him, he will put his paws up on your shoulder and try to climb you. Yeah. Because he wants you to hold him. Like like a parrot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like your black beard. 20-pound cat on your shoulder. That's- <laughs> But anyway. But anyway. So next we get to massacres. Mm-hmm. One story goes that in 1962, a man in a black mask locked other party goers in a gymnasium and stabbed seven people to death. There are even pictures on the internet of the supposed assailant and a few of his victims. The story goes that the killer was never caught, but his mask was recovered by the FBI in 1969. This is, of course, entirely untrue. <laughs> <laughs> You're, You're sensing, a, sensing a theme. <clears throat> There's also another popular story where a psychic or medium predicts a large-scale massacre on a college campus just before Halloween. The killer is always supposed to be dressed as Bo Peep or more recently wearing a ghost face mask. (laughs) What? (laughs) Bo Peep or ghost ghost face. face. Yeah. One or the other, (laughs) no in between. Bo Peep is the older version. Ghost face is more recent. Why Bo Peep? I don't know. (laughs) I feel like this is like a trans panic thing. This is like entirely possible. Like because I don't think the implication is that the killer is female. I don't think it is either. I feel like this is like an early nineties. We're afraid of trans people. Well, this story actually started in the sixties. Even worse, (laughs) (laughs) because then they didn't even know uh, what being trans meant. Yeah, not that they knew terribly well in the nineties either. Maybe it was right after Psycho came out. Everybody freaked out. You know, that's not a. That's not a a terribly crazy idea. Yeah, that's true, which is kind of sad. Psycho (laughs) created Bo Peep, the the mass mass killer. killer. So the warning is always cryptic. A school that starts with the letter R or a school whose colors are black and orange. The victims can be anyone or are only women or are only freshmen. The massacre, of course, never comes to pass, but it never stops the rumor from spreading around campuses every year. Uh, and what's funny is I never heard that in college. Did you? I actually did. But well, you went to school that started with R. Well, yes, but I used that as a as an example. It oh, I see. I thought you meant that that was like a thing. <laughs> no, it it could be depending on what school you're at. It's always something that has to do with your school. Mm, so gotcha. you know the 
the rumor is, oh, it's these colors and what are our colors? And oh my <laughs> God, it could be us. No, I actually heard this rumor when I was a freshman. And it was um, that they killed freshmen? It was that they killed sorority girls. Mm. But it was going to be a school that began with the letter R. So everybody was like freaking out. <laughs> and like everybody knew that this wasn't a real thing. This was something that like this one kid in my dorm told me. Yeah. I don't think it was widespread on campus or anything. But, I like, can't imagine <clears throat> it was. <laughs> but like, yeah, no, the line was that someone was going to kill a bunch of sorority girls on Halloween. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> any, watch I mean, any there movie. There are a lot of movies. Yeah, like <laughs> any movie. <laughs> everyone knows don't be a sorority girl. <laughs> Like, number one mistake. Number one mistake. You're going to die on Halloween or Anna Faris is going to be your house mother. There's no <laughs> in between. There's no good option. People. No good options. <laughs> but the only way to know that you will be safe if you are in a sorority is if you join Omega Beta Zeta. <laughs> that is, of course, vastly untrue. <laughs> Omega Beta Zeta is really the worst sorority to join i think yes i would i would think that that would probably not be not be good to <laughs> not be good for your health probably not <clears throat> okay so haunted house myths there's a haunted house with 13 floors that are so terrifying that no one has ever made it to the top a if haunted you... house with 13 floors yes that's if... a haunted hotel you would think that's right? a haunted sky rise <laughs> 13 i mean above 10 floors you're yeah. officially a skyline <laughs> element yes 13 floors what do they go down <laughs> it's a ranch how could this be a 13 yeah, floor it house if it was like 13 rooms or something like 13 that would rooms make more or, sense yeah that makes more sense 13 toilets Ooh, the ghost is in the water yeah no but it's 13 floors if you shit floors. three times in this house pooey mary you know what's funny and we're going to digress from this for just a second <laughs> I found on every fucking list that I looked at, on every article that I found, Bloody Mary was listed as a Halloween urban legend. And I mm. did not include her on this list because I feel very strongly that she is not a Halloween urban legend. I mean, She's I would say... She's an any time of year urban legend. She is an any time of year urban legend. However, I would say she is probably the most disgust at Halloween time when people are looking for ways to scare each other. Most likely. It's just, I don't know. I heard we did Bloody Mary at every fucking sleepover I ever went I mean, to. yeah. So yeah. like, you know, it's that and light as a feather stiff as a board. Yeah. Or the Ouija board. Yeah. Or, um, <clears throat> I mean, any number, any number. Yeah. You can pick whatever you want. But anyway, there's a haunted <laughs> house with 13 floors. That goes straight down. That goes straight down. <laughs> If you can beat all 13, you win money or your entrance fee back or a lifetime of free cantaloupe or some shit. Either way, this legend doesn't seem to actually be based off of any one particular haunted house, though there are now a number of them that claim it's them. Oh, you mean like an attraction Yeah, like an attraction house. haunted I thought you meant like there is like the local house in town that everyone's no, like, ooh, no, that's no, the haunted no. house. No, like it has haunt. 13 floors. And I'm like, are, are 12 of them invisible? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> no, like. Like, attraction haunted houses. I see, I see. And that, see, that would actually be fun. We should make one. <laughs> the My Spooky Gay Family Haunted House. I bet we could get people to go. Yeah, but you want to rent out 13 floors? I mean, no. <laughs> I've been to I've been to several in New York City that are on a few floors, like 
four or five mm-hmm. at least. Those are fun. But I feel like going up and down the stairs in the dark, that's no fun. It would yeah. have to be one where like there are elevators on either side. So right. you get from one to the other. Mm-hmm. That would actually be kind of a, a crazy haunted house where it's like one of those like they can touch you haunted houses. <laughs> and you have to like get from one side to the other to get to the elevator to escape. I would hate that so much. I know you would hate it, but that would be <laughs> so much fun. Or like a zombie laser tag where you have to that get would, from one that might be fun. to the other. That would uh, These are copyrighted, <laughs> trademarked and copyrighted. My spooky gay uh, zombie hunter slash my spooky gay elevator fright house. 2021. <laughs> 2021. <laughs> okay. The next one is dead body or decoration. There are a number of legends concerning real cadavers ending up as decor in haunted houses and hayrides. Unfortunately, there's actually a degree of truth to some of these. Really? Yes. A man named Elmer McCurdy's remains were actually on display in a haunted house in California for decades before anyone realized that the original owners had gone a little hardcore. For real? Yes. um, Mr. McCurdy was a Wild West outlaw. I happen to know this story because I watch Caitlin Doty's YouTube videos. (laughs) I don't know who that is. Um, She is a mortician. She is the head of the Order of the Good Death. Oh, I remember. She is one of my favorite people. Because there was a point where you were talking about becoming a mortician. Yes. And Caitlin Doty was kind of the reason for that. I have since come to my senses. I came to my (laughs) senses. Yes. I can't fucking speak tonight. I don't know what the hell is wrong with me. I've had half a Red Bull and like a peanut butter cookie and I've lost my mind. And your body's like, (laughs) It's even a sugar-free Red Bull. (laughs) That means nothing. Take it from someone who has tried. You know, anyway, Elmer McCurdy was an outlaw in the 1800s. They used to charge fees to see the dead bodies after these guys would get killed by, you know, In shootouts, I guess. Yeah, so this guy's body got bought by, like, somebody, like, think, like, you know, P.T. Barnum kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And it was on display for a while, and then they didn't have a use for it, so they put it in storage, and then someone opened up a haunted house with the stuff from that was in storage, and they didn't know that it was a real body, so they put it in the haunted house. (laughs) And then a couple decades later, someone figured out that this was an actual cadaver. (laughs) How bizarre. So he was an outlaw. Yes. Huh. I wonder what his full story is. I don't know. I've never looked it up. Uh, that that should we should do that. We should do that. <laughs> um, there are also several tragic stories of haunt actors accidentally hanging themselves in unsafe harnesses. So, uh, on occasion, it's dead body, not mm. decor. Wait, is that a real thing, or is that <clears throat> something that is a rumor? No, that's a real thing that's happened. Oh, that's sad. It is sad. And it kind of sucks. It's also like I think the only thing on here that has some element of truth, (laughs) some merit to it. Yeah, I went to a really uh, shitty haunted house last year. Um, I can't remember. I I want to say it was like Creamy Acres. (laughs) It was uh, no. I feel like I liked Creamy Acres. Sorry, I'm just trying to figure out how they named that one. Like, I really <laughs> couldn't tell you. Like, please tell me there's a creamery on the pro- property somewhere. Uh, I I really have no idea. Oh, I know exactly which one it was. It was Field of Terror. Okay. Field of Terror, and it was awful. I do not recommend it. I'm going to go out and 100% say, do not go to Field of Terror. I don't like it. I don't endorse it. Um, 
we went through and they were letting people in. They were letting so many people in so fast Mm -hmm. that the actors didn't have a chance to reset at every scene to scare people. Mm -hmm. So you would see where people were getting scared ahead of you and know what was going to happen. And then on top of it, there was one section we went through. It was like a whole section of the map. You know how, like, when you go through a haunted house, there will be, like, the clown section and the medical section Mm -hmm. and the whatever section. It's like we went through a whole section and there were no actors in it. (laughs) Like, they they were just gone. (laughs) I have no idea where they went. I have no idea what they did. But they were gone. And I was like, like, unsubscribe. (laughs) Don't like it. And then we were going through another section and uh, there was, like... There was this guy in the middle that, like, between scary rooms, he was in this room by himself, and he was, like, doing bad, like, insult comedy. Okay. Like, he called me Peter Griffin because I was fat and had glasses. Okay. And I was like, uh, save it for the fucking Bucks County Community Theater, Queen. I'm done with you. I was like, I came here to be scared, not to be roasted by your untalented ass. I was like, also, by the way, I'm a fucking... uh, insult comic by profession so you can suck the fart out of my ass um (laughs) and so after that i have like i have constantly said and will adamantly say do not go to field of terror i fucking hate it (laughs) like lazy like when the actors are there they're bad (laughs) that's what i say about field of terror damn yeah okay so and it is in east windsor new jersey (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> don't go i've already left my one star yelp review <laughs> this is my one star yelp glenn is like stop please and i'm like no field of terror is trash and it, and it is it is bad and they should feel bad that's how i feel about field of terror glenn is already drafting the apology stop it <laughs> put your paws down anyway continue So the next one is pretty self-explanatory. It's called Spider Wig. Spider Wig? Spider Wig. Um, Self-explanatory does not work here, I don't think. Okay. A A wig of spiders? A girl who's going as a witch to a Halloween party borrows a wig from her grandmother's attic to complete the look. It's kind of itchy. When she gets to the party, the other partygoers start screaming as dozens of tiny spiders start skittering out from under her hairpiece. See... This is why it was not self-explanatory. I was like, was the wig made of spiders or were there spiders in the wig? And that makes sense. But a spider wig, like a wig made of spiders is unfathomable. Probably be a pretty cool Halloween costume, though. I mean, if you can do that, I would more think power they would to you. fake spiders as opposed to the real thing. No, I'm saying like this has to be real spiders. You have a wig made of spiders. <clears throat> Yeah, if I you don't can think do it. Could do that. Good on you. I don't know how you would get them to like stay. Yeah, I don't know. You would just have to like be wearing a small net with flies in it, just like. <laughs> or it would be a pixie. You just <laughs> have to like cut. glue their little feet down, <laughs> and they're like, "Let us out! Let us out!" <laughs> don't glue spiders to yourself. <laughs> that is my that is my PSA for the day. Um, Animal cruelty is a real thing, and we do not condone gluing spiders to your head. Also, they will bite the shit out of you. So don't, <laughs> so don't do that. Don't do it. Glenn is up there like, ah. <laughs> like Who knew urban legends was going to be the thing that took us Glenn's, down? Yeah. 
They were going so strong until the urban legends when they suggested gluing spiders to your head. Okay, and so this is the last one. I saved this one for last because it's called the Bunny Man. The what? <laughs> the Bunny Man. Is this? I feel like this is a Christmas urban legend. It is not a Christmas urban legend. <laughs> this is Ralphie. <laughs> So in Fairfax County, Virginia, there is the local legend of the Bunny Man. Supposedly in the early 20th century, a bus full of patients from an insane asylum crashed near the Fairfax Station Railroad Bridge. Most of the patients died except for a man named Douglas Griffin. The police searched for him for days, but only found gutted rabbits that he'd been eating to survive. He had hung them off of the bridge. Then on Halloween night, a group of teens from nearby Clifton, Virginia, were hanging out under the Fairfax Station Railroad Bridge at the stroke of midnight. They were attacked by the bunny man wielding an axe. And the next day they were found gutted and hanging from the bridge like the rabbits. The legend goes that if you stand under the bridge on Halloween night at midnight, the bunny man's ghost will appear and attack you. Hmm. So that's the bunny man. I kind of want to go. <laughs> Can we go find the bunny man? <clears throat> that would be a great Halloween adventure. You want to hear something funny? Yes. Strangely enough, there is actually a kernel of truth to this story. What? <laughs> there was a guy in a bunny costume in Virginia vandalizing homes with an axe in 1970. But he only did it twice and no one was hurt. Still, it's thought that this is the inspiration for the legend. I wonder if that inspired the um, the part of Trick or Treat with the special needs children. I don't know. That get driven into the quarry. I don't know. That'd be kind of funny if it It did. kind of has like, it has some elements of uh, similarity. It does. That's kind of weird. I I, we should reach out to Michael Doherty. And be like, excuse me, do you know who the bunny man is? <laughs> <laughs> excuse me, Mr. Doherty, huge fan of your work. Can you tell me about the bunny man? <laughs> do you know the bunny man? <laughs> the, the bunny man? The bunny man. The bunny the man. <laughs> Yes, I know the bunny man who lives on Fluffy Lane. So anyway, she was married to the bunny man. The bunny I'm man. Do the whole the bunny man. <laughs> it's now a thing. It's okay. just a thing now. So anyway, some of the results of this, these myths have led to a lot of paranoia about Halloween and have led to such odious practices as the dreaded trunk or treat and the Halloween. Malloween? Yeah, that's where you go trick-or-treating to the Fuck stores. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck any... If you have ever been to Malloween, you should eat your fucking face. <laughs> Just peel it off and eat it. You're done. You are dead to me. Stick a needle in your fucking eye. I hate you. Do not go to Malloween. I will, I will be very mad. <laughs> okay. I have very strong <laughs> feelings about Trunk or Treat and Malloween. The way you had strong feelings about uh, Bloody Mary, that is how I feel about Trunk or Treat or Malloween. I was like, this is not a holiday that was made to be practiced in broad daylight in a parking lot. It is just not. And if you don't, if you don't have the fucking time to take your kids trick or treating, then you are a piece of shit. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But if, 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 if you don't take your kids trick-or-treating, then, like, you need to find someone who will. Because this is not a holiday that was meant to be practiced in a in a parking lot. Yeah, I know. it's. I have very strong feelings. You need a babysitter who will take your kids trick-or-treating. I even, like, 
And <clears throat> I am not saying I endorse Trunk or Treat, but I actually, I understand Trunk or Treat better than I understand Halloween, Because at least in Trunk or Treat, they like deck out the cars and like, they have like a bunch of candy to pick from. Like at Halloween, you're just walking into Victoria's Secret for a peanut butter cup. Like... I hate it. I hate all of it. I hate trunk or treat. I hate the trunks. I hate the treats. I hate the malls. I hate the weens. Every ween that has ever been involved in a Halloween is a terrible ween. So, so in case you were concerned, there are also medical centers and police stations that will x-ray your candy on Halloween night to be sure that it is razorless. You can bring your candy to your local clinic and they will make sure that there's no razors in it. Do you think they just like have like pre-made x-rays and they're like, yep, no razors. Yep, no razors. I would hope so because an x-ray is fucking expensive when it's like like an x-ray to see if I have a broken rib. So if these assholes are getting free, there's no razors in your candy x-ray. I know. I'd be kind of pissed. I'd be kind of (laughs) mad. Um, we see these in movies like Trick or Treat all the time. We actually got like literally all of them in Trick or Treat. Yeah, I know. <laughs> got Poison Candy. Got Bunny Man. Bunny Man. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't get Bunny Man. Basically. <laughs> um, but we got kind of the kidnapping one. We got the Poison Candy. Mm-hmm. We got most of them in Trick or Treat. Yeah. Um, there are, of no course. No Bloody Mary. <clears throat> no Bloody Mary in Trick or Treat. <laughs> there are also other legends, folktales twisting other urban legends to make them Halloween appropriate for the night. Things like the hitchhiking ghosts and the man with a hook mm-hmm. for a hand. Almost any scary urban legend can be Halloweenified to suit. And has been. And has I think. Been. I think when a stranger calls is probably uh one of the more famous ones. Like there's there's someone upstairs, yeah. you know, that was even was kind of utilized in Halloween twenty eighteen. Yeah. With like having the babysitter on Halloween and uh, going upstairs and it turns out there's someone in the room, you know, mm-hmm. that that's definitely a an urban myth that everybody's kind of heard before and can definitely be Halloweenified. Yeah, no, there really isn't, I think, a scary urban legend that can't at least be changed to take place on Halloween. No, not at all. So literally any urban legend is a Halloween urban legend and we just wasted 45 minutes of your time. (laughs) (laughs) An hour. (laughs) Um, But I happen to love the Halloween urban legends because it adds like an element of fear that as someone who likes to be scared, Mm -hmm. it's fun to have something that kind of touches on reality that you know is not real, but that like kind of has that lizard brain going, mm, <laughs> there's a razor if, in my candy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm, somebody poisoned me. Uh, I will I will say that those happen to be a, a really, in my opinion, lovely part of the Halloween experience. You think? Do you, oh, yeah. Don't you have a favorite Halloween urban legend? I do now. Now it's the bunny man. The bunny man. <laughs> I was gonna say mine is probably the buddy man now. Uh, yeah, I would say th- there are so many Halloween urban legends. I would say now the bunny man is definitely on the list. I did not know he was he was there. But in terms of like the the ones that have been around for a while, I would say my favorite has always been like the 
you know, the escaped killer is out to kill people on Halloween. Yeah. It's like, it makes trick-or-treating a little bit scarier. It's like, oh, are we going to get attacked? It's like, you know you're not. But like, <laughs> it, it is one of those things where I I think this holiday is meant to instill a healthy fear in people. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. I and, think you're and, supposed to be a little scared on Halloween. Yeah, everyone's entitled to, to a, good a good scare. scare. Yes. <laughs> and so I I like that there are urban legends because it takes a holiday that would otherwise be very fluffy mm-hmm. and makes it a little more spooky. Gives it a little bit of an edge. Yeah. Had you heard a lot of these before? I had heard most of the, le- like, the razor blades and the candy and the poison mm-hmm. candy I mean, and those stuff are standard. like that. Like, yeah. like, I had heard all of those. Um, I had never heard the Buddy Man. I had <laughs> never heard the Spider Wig story. I hadn't either. I, you know which one I hadn't heard of and I'm kind of surprised is the haunted house with 13 floors and and all that. I, I had heard that one. I'd never heard I always it heard that it was in an apartment building in New York. Really? Yeah. Oh, I had never heard that before. And I've worked in haunted houses in New York City. Yes, you have. I worked at uh, Blood Manor, which was a, it was a lot of fun. Um, and oh my God, if you have never worked in a haunted house, do it. It is so much fun. Like literally one of the best things ever because I did it in drag, but I was a, a cl- I was in clown drag and that was where like all of my Pennywise drag came from. I know I've talked about this before on the podcast, but, uh, There's something so much fun. If you are the kind of person who loves Halloween, like, you know who would really, I think, be great in a a haunted house? Who? Lily. Yeah. Uh, Lily Wendahaki or Mm -hmm. Lily Stitches. You may know her as uh, one one of our listeners, our wonderful, wonderful listeners. I think she's got the right temperament. She's a cosplayer. And it's like... If you take it seriously and you're not one of those like actors who's like, I'm just going to jump out and scream boo. But if you really have a love for like this holiday and the scares, it's like, that was my thing. My favorite way to scare people, I wouldn't mm-hmm. make a noise, not a single noise. I was in a room, I was in a clown room, and there was a box where someone would jump out with one of those chainsaws. One of the clowns would jump out with a mm-hmm. chainsaw. And there was another person who had a big hammer and they would hit things with the hammer. And then behind all of that to get to the other side of the room it was a you walked on a diagonal through the room behind all of that in the corner of the room there was like this hanging body and i would stand behind the hanging body and i would wait the people would walk in we'd hear them coming and the person would hide by the door with the hammer they'd walk in he'd swing the hammer it would scare Mm -hmm. them then the person would jump out of the box with the chainsaw they'd get scared and then they'd be afraid to move on and they'd start to move on and i could see their feet i would hide behind the body Mm -hmm. and i would just slowly come out from behind the body and they would see me and you would see their faces just like oh no and they would start to like they would start to be like oh no you go first you go first and i had these like jagged pennywise teeth and i would have my mouth closed Mm -hmm. and then i would just like slowly smile at them and that was when they would like freak out and (laughs) run they would just run and i was in like scary clown makeup like really like like crazy makeup and it's like if you are the kind of person who has the sensibility for what is really scary like how to really get people it's so much fun 
do be in a million haunted houses. It's such a great time. I've always kind of wanted to try it. I, I don't know if I would be good at it. I think you'd be good at it. But I've always kind of wanted to do it just once. I think you'd be good at it. If you were doing scares like that, where it's like very simple but effective, I think you'd nail it. Because <laughs> it's you. like, it's le- I remember there were times when they would ask me to be the one in the box with the chainsaw or mm-hmm. to be the one staying near the door. And it's like much less fun. It's so much more fun to get them with like, a good scare because I came up with my scare. Yeah. They they didn't have a scare for me. They were like, oh, just be like ambient in the room because they thought I was a drag queen. They were like, right. oh, she's not going to know what the fuck she's doing. And I ended up being like the highlight of the room. Mm-hmm. And it was like, ha, <laughs> take that, you fucking bitch. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think working in a haunted house is like probably one of the most rewarding experiences you can have if you're a fan of horror. <laughs> It's so that. much fun. It's so much fun. <laughs> Unless you're an insult comic. <laughs> then you're just a piece of shit. <laughs> and no one should go to your haunted house at Field of Terror in East Brunswick, New Jersey. East Windsor. Whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> but anyway. But anyway. Um, yeah, I had heard of a bunch of these before, obviously. Uh, there, uh, Like I said, there were some new ones. And uh, I... I love that these I love that these urban legends kind of stick around. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love that they never really go away. And part of me wonders like how do they get passed on generation to generation? I almost don't <laughs> know cuz I'm like I've never like taught our niece and nephew about the like Halloween urban legends. I don't try to like scare the shit out of them. I think Jessica would kill me. But <laughs> No, but I'll bet Jessica's told them not to eat any candy that's unwrapped or to take homemade stuff. I mean, maybe. I wonder if she has. I've never asked her I don't know. We should that. ask her. Do you think... But do you think that, like, there are parents who teach their kids, like, the urban legends as urban legends, like, as scary stories? I don't know. Because I think a lot of them believe it. Like, and part of the thing, and one of the things I didn't really get into, was a lot of the reason that these stick around is the media plays into it. Mm. A lot like you'll have like that yearly news story about how you should be sure to check your candy because X, Y, Z. Right. And they're basing it off of nothing, but they still run the news story every year. Well, because it's something that everyone's talking about. Yeah. And it's like everyone talks about a lot of things. You don't put those on the news. Yeah. You but know what I mean? These always seem to make it onto at least local news. But I feel like that's. that's like a news staple it's like these days news is basically just fear-mongering so it's like (laughs) if you can come up with something to scare the shit out of people and there's a holiday where it's celebrated you know the news is gonna fucking do it someone poisoning halloween candy more at 11 (laughs) (laughs) tomorrow morning (laughs) and you're like is it peas (laughs) um yeah i don't know i the news really in a way that I kind of like that they do it because even though it makes people like, I hate the effect it has with the like trunk or treat and, and fuck yourself at the mall. But like, I like that there's still an element of fear around the holiday rather than it just being a fluffy holiday. No, I agree. There, there should be a little bit of tension. I think that, I think that some of them can be damaging in that if you have a particularly sensitive kid, mm-hmm. 
like you could paralyze them with with like, <laughs> with like someone's gonna put razor blades in your shit someone's gonna put poison in your pixie sticks someone's gonna, someone's steal, gonna steal you steal and there's you. a bunny man <laughs> And there's this guy under the bridge called the Bunny Man. Like, <laughs> like you could have a nine-year-old wedding themselves by the time you're done with these urban legends. You which... know, Easter could be a much better holiday <laughs> if we just if incorporated it was the Easter Bunny Man. The Easter Bunny Man. There's the Easter Bunny, and then there's the Easter Bunny Man. And if you're a bad child, guess which one comes for you? <laughs> He's like the Krampus of, e- <laughs> like of the Easter. Krampus of Easter. <laughs> This is now a thing. We, I'm running with this. The Bunny Man is now an Easter and Halloween tradition. And he is coming to eat your children on Halloween and Easter. Yes. Uh, Last but not least. Mm -hmm. If you could start a Halloween urban legend, what would it be? I think I want to go like really kind of cruel with this one. (laughs) cruel how i think i want it to be that like you know how sometimes they're like oh be careful if you're out on the road at night there's gang initiations and if they flash their high beams at you like Mm -hmm. you know that kind of shit Mm -hmm. i want to be there's a gang initiation where they have to kill 20 kids wearing the most popular costume of the year (laughs) 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 where they just have to run over 20 children dressed as captain america yeah yeah That's a great one. I love that one. But you'll end up on the news. Yeah. You'll totally end up on the news. (laughs) I would kind of want to start an urban legend. I don't know if this would be starting one because technically I'm stealing Michael Doherty's idea. But like, I almost want to do one that would like kind of revamp the holiday where Mm -hmm. it's like, the urban legend is if you don't celebrate Halloween, if you don't wear a costume, if you don't hand out uh, candy, then there is like a boogeyman who's going to come and kill you. And his name is Sam. Well, it can't be because then I would be stealing yeah, Michael Doherty's idea. <laughs> but um, I, I do think that the idea of like creating a boogeyman who is like keeping people involved in this holiday the way it's supposed to be celebrated mm-hmm. is beneficial but also in tune with the holiday. Yeah. And no, that, I, that. I think that would be my I think that would be my urban legend. I like that one. Right? It's yeah. like festive. <laughs> festive and terrifying. And terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Which is exactly what we're going for at Halloween. And since it is now Halloween, yeah. that's my idea. Uh we want to know what your urban legends would be. And also if there's an urban legend that you had growing up that we did not touch on, we love to hear people's uh, urban legends send us messages on uh social media you can find us on instagram at uh my spooky gay family or on uh in uh facebook at my spooky gay family podcast you can find us on twitter at spooky gay fam spooky gay fam at gmail.com send us your ma- we really do truly love getting your stories so send them in send them in send them in we would love to hear them uh and speaking of sending them in we have oh no i x'd out of it son of a bitch <laughs> i fucked it up hold on i'm gonna i'm gonna pull it up but we really do uh we do value so much getting your messages and i wanted to read one that someone sent in this was i remember we were uh reading them before mm-hmm. from um uh jose yeah 
Jose Escobar wrote in to say uh, that as far as urban legends, as a native New Yorker, I strongly believe there are alligators in the sewers. In certain areas, when you walk by a drainage, you can hear some growling sound coming out. Shit. Again, not necessarily specifically Halloween, but these are the kinds of things. It's like, these are the urban legends that uh, we love to hear. If you, and Obviously, we are New Yorkers in we a way. Are? I mean, I work in New York every <laughs> you fucking are, day. I am not. I mean, there's probably, there's at least a goldfish in the sewer in New Jersey. <laughs> Prove me wrong. More than a couple, I would think. I would think. There's probably alligators too. Uh, yeah, we would love to hear your Halloween ghost stories. We would love to hear your Halloween urban legends. So send them in, send them in, send them in. It is the 13 weeks of Halloween. So send them in as frequently or as as many as you want uh, in the next 13 weeks. And we will read them here on air. So that's it for urban legends Uh as real ones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this week, we will be back on Monday with a brand new mini-sode at patreon.com slash family. We are currently reviewing the Simpsons Treehouse of Horror episodes, and we will be back next week with another episode pertaining to the 13 weeks of Halloween. <laughs> so until then, stay spooky. No, yeah. I fucked it up. You did. Oh my God. <laughs> And it's the first day of Halloween. I mean, until then, stay spoopy and remember. Okay, I'll got the hit. Why isn't the tree on? Come on, turn on the tree, please, for me. Turn on the tree and pick up all that shit. My Spooky Gay Family features music by Nate Walker, artwork by David Elon, and this episode contains clips from The Christmas Tree by John Roberts, 2006. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, leave us a nice message, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Patreon, and YouTube. My Spooky Gay Family is a product of Barbara Duel Productions. Barbara Duel.